Welcome, folks, to the DC3 cast. We've spent the last half hour being morons, and now we're going to be morons <laughs> right with you. Uh, we are going to talk about this week's Rebirth titles, and be warned, we're going to spoil them. So if you haven't read them yet, pause the podcast, go read Action Comics, Aquaman, Detective Comics, The Flash, and Wonder Woman, and then come back for our discussion of those five issues. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. I am Brian, and let's get right into this. So, Action Comics number one, not number one, I'm sorry, number 957, back to the original numbering. Uh, which I think is a good thing. Do you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see the number 1,000 up there. Me too. Yeah. Um, written Make by comics great again. <laughs> <laughs> written by our main man, Dan Jurgens, illustrated by Patrick Zercher. And um, do we want to recap the issues or just kind of talk about them? Let's just talk about them. Right, what do you guys think I'm sure we'll get like a rundown as we talk about it. Yeah, what what did you guys think of this issue? Uh, Zach, go ahead. You're the oh, you're the Jurgens man here. This is probably the best Jurgenings I've gotten in years. <laughs> I I opened the pages and I began reading and I um you know I just felt I just you know I felt just slightly Jurgens and then I kept reading and I was like even more Jurgens and then by the end of the book. I was just jurgensing just like nobody's business. And I was actually reading this on my lunch break and it was really embarrassing. I was afraid that people would see me getting jurgens and, uh, I'll have what he's having. (laughs) (laughs) But no, for real, I like this book a lot. Um, I, I mean, you know, relatively it's, it's probably like, I'm sure we'll go into like a breakdown of like what books we like the best this week. Mm Mm-hmm. This was probably of the five my second favorite, mm. and it's probably my fourth favorite of the five. Yeah, I would. I'd probably put it at fourth favorite too. And let me put it this way: it it is probably the the best Jurgens comic I've read since the New Fifty Two started, and I mean that like like it it doesn't. I mean, we give we joke about Jurgens, you know, but I don't dis I don't always dislike his work, you know. It's just that he's so ubiquitous, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all the time. But uh, but th- this seemed like the most modern type storytelling that he's ever done, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's really come a long way since the start of the New Fifty Two, I think. Yeah. And and it's weird. It feels weird to say that about a guy whose prime was in like the. 80s and 90s 25 years ago yeah 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 but i'm impressed like he's he's the one guy that seems to be like changing with the times a little bit you know yeah and i think this was the this is the best result of that so far now that said i have a like a major problem with this issue and it's something we talked about um a little bit through text after we read it and well Brian, you read it, and you said it feels like they're throwing everything at the wall. Yes. That's definitely true. I, But I like that because I feel like in action comics, you should be getting your Daily Planet, your Superman, maybe a little bit of, of Krypton or Kandor, Lois, Jimmy, all this stuff. Smallville, you know, you should be getting all that stuff. But the way, where they took it too far, I think, is the mysterious return of a seemingly depowered Clark Kent. 
Okay. We want to get that detailed right away. Can I? Can I just? Yeah. Can I clarify Please. my throw everything at the wall comment? Please do. Okay. You're not wrong in your assessment of it in general. Um, however, I feel like I want my action comics to encompass all parts of Superman. I do. Um, I like that the cover of the issue says Superman action comics. I feel like when I was a kid, it was always Superman in action comics was how it was labeled. And I feel like those comics did have a little bit of everything. What I mean is this. This book is already the most high concept Superman book in a long time, right? New 52 Superman is dead. We have the pre-Flashpoint Superman returning. At the same time, we have, you know, he has a family now. He has a super-powered son. And Lex Luthor is going to be the Superman of Metropolis. On top of that, we're trying to also establish Lois Lane, a Lois Lane, I don't know which one yet, as a Superwoman. Uh, we also have the return of Doomsday. We also have, you know, young Jonathan Kent teasing his powers. We also have the emergence of, uh, we see Maggie Sawyer for the first time in a long time. We see Jimmy Olsen. We see, uh, and then, but it feels like at a certain point, everything just keeps adding on top of it. You see piled on top one after another, and then Clark Kent shows up. And it just seems so unnecessary and so weird. And especially because we just like, what makes this especially weird to me is we just saw Pete Tomasi deal with somebody thinking they were Superman. And this seems like it's going to be somebody thinking they're Clark Kent, which is the exact same story just a month later. Um, because we know it's not the pre, we know it's not the Clark Kent that's also Superman right now. Do we know mm-hmm. that? Oh, no. Yeah, it's not. Yes, I thought you were going to say New 52. I don't believe it's New 52 Superman. We saw him turn to sand. We've been through this, guy, Sandman, remember? No, I know. Sandman. I know, back. but that doesn't... I mean, we saw Two-Face blow his head off, and now he's coming back, you know, or whatever. That's true. Excuse me. It's comics. Here's, yeah, here, yeah. Here's my problem with it. Here's my problem with it. All that stuff you were talking about is true, like piling up in this issue. And then mm-hmm. the one step too far, like as soon as I, as soon as uh, that like <laughs> mysterious figure runs out of the Daily Planet office with Perry White, you know, mm-hmm. and Perry's like, wait, was that? First of all, <laughs> how did Perry not like after Clark died, how did Perry not realize that Clark was sitting in his office? Right. You know, like he's running <laughs> out of, he's running out of Perry's office, you know, like. Like what? Like what was he doing there? You know, like, and Perry didn't think that was weird before, and so like anyway, that that like when I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh no, they're gonna do this, aren't they? And I don't understand why, because no matter who, if it's a new Clark Kent, if it's a reincarnated New Fifty Two Clark Kent, if it's some sort of separate body of the <laughs> Clark Kent that we know and love from pre-Flashpoint that's running around as Superman now, doesn't matter what the answer to that question is. Why are they doing this? Like, they, they just deconvoluted Superman using an eight-issue series to do that. and Replete with triangle numbers. Yes. I and feel so, like we're about to need some triangle numbers again. Yeah. Y- yeah. But, like, why... Like why uh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, to me, like that that bothered me, and then the reveal of um, Doomsday in a weird like gimp suit, as Vince called it before, and like, how does Superman know this Doomsday? Well, uh, it's because that's like the suit he like appeared in, like originally. Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, it's still stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just feel like it's it's just it's. One thing out is just too much, but you really liked it, Zach. So, what did you really like about it? Tell I'll me. Two things I liked about it. Um, first of all, like I thought Zercher's art was really good. I always liked Zercher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like his his like artwork can be a little stiff sometimes, but mm-hmm. it really worked in like certain places, like with Luther. You know, just kind of like posturing. Like, yeah. I feel like he owned Luther. And I think, honestly, like, Luther is my favorite part of the book right now. That's the reason I'm, like, kind of really jazzed about it. Um, is just, like, I mean, he's been on, like, a really interesting trajectory, like, through Justice League. Um, so I'm, like, interested to see where that goes. I like, like, I almost want to think of him as like the main character of this book. I don't know if that's like how it's going to go, but I, I would love it if this was kind of like Lex Luthor's book for a little while. Um, I would argue the last time action comics was truly great is when it was Lex Luthor's book. You're right. Yeah, Paul I Cornell. Even, yeah. I didn't yeah. even think about that. You're right. Um, that'd be awesome. Um, I, something about just so the only reason that I didn't mind this like weird Clark coming back is because I just, I, this is something that could go either way, but I liked how they were kind of, how Jurgens was kind of mirroring reign of the Superman, like both in dialogue and just in terms of like how many Supermen were showing up all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, I thought I, that I, I don't think it was handled like, it wasn't as hokey as I would have expected it to be, you know? Yeah. Yes. It, I, I totally mean, agree with that, except I think the Clark Kent is one step too far. But but that... Maybe it is. I'll, I'll let um, it lie at our, that. Our, free, our recent guest on the podcast, Chad Bowers, was talking today about how Lex is Steel, yeah. Jonathan is the Metropolis Kid, um, Cyborg Superman is um, the Erratic... Is uh, blah, 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 blah. Fuck, who was it? And essentially the uh the eradicator was um Keaton Kong. Interesting. Or Kenji Kong now, right? They changed it? No, I think Keenan. I think Keenan's the way yeah, it was, yeah. Keenan. Sorry, Kenji was the original, yeah. Um <laughs> he was saying how it's like how there are kind of four oh and Lois. Lois the other one. How like the four of them are the new Yeah Reign of the Superman. Here's my biggest like misstep though with the issue, the thing that kind of made me groan a little bit is that, you know, I don't want to like dredge this up, but like, you know, BVS is still like pretty fresh in our minds. Uh huh. And I got a little bit of that, you know, Superman as like a bullish brute from this issue, just like him going up against Luther. And I don't think it was totally out of character just because he does know Luthor. And that's like somebody who can like really, you know, get under his skin. Yeah, exactly. But we did get that and I just like that was what initially like immediately came to my mind was like oh Batman versus Superman and that's also how Luther was trying to portray him yeah it is so that um, that buys me a little bit of sympathy for that well it does but it's also like this is you know 
this is like we're bringing the pre-flashpoint superman back out he's like this you know kind of like paragon of everything that we want the dcu to be and here he is kind of getting like dragged through the mud and so on like a meta textual level it just kind of like bothered me yeah i understand that yeah the one thing that has bothered me about rebirth so far because, because you know, they're kind of, retur- I mean, they're returning these characters to their classic forms, and they're bringing back all this legacy, and all of that's great. The one thing that the New Fifty Two was hampered by for five years that they still haven't made clear to us is how humanity feels about the heroes at this point. Because if we have to deal with like another five years of stories where they're hated and feared, like X Men. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like that's that's again that's not quite DC Comics to me, you know. Yeah, there are t- there are times when their actions conflict with humanity, sure, but to to me DC is these these superheroes live among humans and humans treat them more or less like it's completely normal. Right. Hmm. So, so I, uh, I I get that too, Zach. I, yeah, I know what you're feeling. So, uh, pulp pirate or pulp, guys? Based on this issue, like if I'm gonna give it the same like treatment I gave the last issues, I would have to pull this one just because I probably liked it as much or more than some of the stuff I read last week. Uh, uh pirate. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm the same way. I want to pull it. I do. I love the idea that action and detective are like the family books now. Yeah. But I didn't like this enough to to edit to a pull, so I'll pirate this as well. I I will say like oh, I might have liked this week's issue this better than I already you know I already kind of tipped my hand before we talked, but I think I like this issue better than Superman. In addition to one of the other issues we'll talk about later. I definitely like Superman better than this. Um, just the just the rebirth issue. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the <laughs> uh, a running theme in in us talking about these books is going to prove to be that like these first issues we're reading. I'm a I'm a lot more hopeful for these books than what we're getting right out of the gates here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me let me say this. I've been thinking about this since we texted this morning. I think that here is where I see rebirth and specifically the rebirth number 1 issue. So, disregarding action and detective for right now. To me, this is DC realizing what a good idea the divergence previews were, but wanting to make money off of them. Mm-hmm. And the point of these books are not to tell great stories. The point of these books are to reassure us that they're going to be great stories coming. Yeah. And I don't love that, no. but I think that's the reality of these books. Mm-hmm. Like I think every single Rebirth number one issue that we've read has has read a lot like those Divergence previews. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, we're going to talk about Aquaman in a minute. To me, all of these issues are just like a pat on the back, being like, "It's all right." Yeah. (laughs) This is this is what you think it is. 
enjoy this for what it is. And I think once we get into the number ones, we're going to have a different... We're going to get more substantial stories. Right. That doesn't doesn't excuse action and detective, by the way. It does not excuse those comics. But I I know what you mean. Yeah. And I suspect you're right. But to me... And people seem to be liking them. Like, I, I look at DC Rebirth stuff on Twitter several times throughout the day you do yes <laughs> no way <laughs> people <laughs> follow me at uh, vj underscore o-s-t-r-o-w-s-k-i um i i people seem to be loving these reportedly they're doing very well sales wise green arrow they're, selling ninety thousand copies uh, which is insane to me um but good for it um yeah but they're they're selling a ton apparently some shops like from from what some shops on Twitter are saying, they can't keep them in stock, you know, which is great. If people like this, that's awesome. For for me, if you're asking me, and I'm probably totally wrong, but I can't see how this was good for Rebirth Momentum, you know. I'm reading these and I'm thinking, if I read Rebirth back in May... I'm wait. I'm having to wait another issue to even get to what I'm looking for. You know. And I know that's just me as like a seasoned reader. Okay. But here, here is my counter to that. Okay. You're gonna bring up the every two week shipping. Partly, yes, I am. But I feel like so. I went to my local shops midnight. Flashpoint number five, Justice League number one release party thing. Really. And so I remember reading the first the, the the first appearance of Pandora, right? When the we had a big double page spread of like all the universes coming together, and then I read Justice League number one, which took place five years later than the end of the Flashpoint issue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I remember being like radically unsure of what types of comics to expect from that. And I feel like the first issues of so many of those New 52 books didn't really answer that question. And I feel like the Rebirth books are all trying to answer that question from the get-go. Like, here is the type of book that you're going to get. And I don't know if it necessarily tells a good story in that regard. I think some of them don't tell a story at all. I agree with you, but I think it's telling you this is the type of book you can expect. Mm-hmm. It's okay. laying out there exactly what it's going to be, in in a less interesting version than if it's an actual story. Like you know, to me, these are all the trailers for the books. That's that's fair, and I don't want to harp on this for too long because you know we want to get to other books. But but in this day and age where people are becoming increasingly choosy and they have more options than ever, like I can totally see, and maybe it's insignificant. Maybe it's an insignificant number of people. But I can see somebody picking up some of these books and thinking, well, okay, I don't need to follow this then because this is all shit I've read before. I mean, we know people who are saying that right now. I Yeah, yep. yep. Um, I don't blame them. I don't want to single them out, but I don't blame them either. I, I'm going to give everything several issues, you know, but mm-hmm. I understand that people don't have that luxury. But I think... Uh, yeah, part of... Part of my feelings about this is 
based on the fact, and this is we've we've referred to this in the past, it's no secret, we get to read all this stuff. We get we get, we get comped copies of these comics. So it makes no difference for me if Aquaman Rebirth is the best or the worst issue in the world. I'm gonna read it because I can read it. And I, I, I am trying to be sympathetic to the folks who can't do that. I'm not trying to brag. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that. It's just it, it, it colors the way I think about my comics. And, um, but I think that, you know, Vince, you're a huge music fan. When you listen to a new album, do you quit after the first track? Ever? Um. Ever. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but like, but but if it's some, if it's something you're really giving a fair shot to, um, yeah, the Johnny Cohen experience. I listened to that whole album, dude. No, I know I did too. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, no, I understand your point, but 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 co- comics are a different landscape. You're paying three dollars for this comic, like to to give it the equivalent of listening to a full album, let's say you have to read the opening arc, you know, okay. that's 20 bucks you spent on a comic that maybe you didn't like. Then that's a significant amount of money for some people in a month. Okay. I, I understand that, but I, I think what I'm, and and we're going to have to move on in a second. I want to, I want to let Zach get his two cents in here if he wants to, but like to me, the difference is I'm reading a lot of people and a lot of people who I know and respect saying like, the issue wasn't great, so I'm not going to keep reading. I gave it the one issue to floor me. I feel like it's different if you say, I read Action Comics number one, and it sucked. It was terrible. I really didn't like it. I'm not going to keep reading it. But I know a lot of smart people who are saying, like, I expected more, so I'm not going to keep reading. To me, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's well, because they have in- image comics to go to. They have other options, you know? Yeah, probably. That's the pro- that's the issue. Here's the thing I'm thinking exactly. though. Like I think that these issues are great for like more casual fans. For I think sure. those those are the people who are loving this and the people who are driving this and I think like this may not be enough for us because as we're probably going to like repeat a lot like just this idea that this is kind of just a lot of the same. It's like padding. It's not a lot here, but we're like extremely familiar with these characters and also kind of like hypercritical of them. I think not in a bad way, but like more so than just a general person will be, you know? And I, I don't think that there's the thing about these issues. I think the kind of thing that's going to turn away the general reader is like something just like if it's really bad, I think most of these have like a level of quality that's at least like passable. Yeah. They're and they're, they're they're all like sixes, you know. Yeah. Which is yeah. not bad. Right. And so like I mean I just comparing this to like the new fifty two launch, like oh. it's way smoother. There I said it this morning on Twitter, there's no Joker taking his face off moment in rebirth so far unless you really hate the watchman stuff Mm -hmm. which like well i hate to say because like i feel like most among no 
joke. There's a certain kind of fan who really w- loved the Joker taking his face off thing. Oh yeah, oh, the, yeah. You know? the stupid ones. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, I they did that. nothing with that for an entire year. They yeah. did, yeah. But that's just like that's you know that's edgy. That's. I like, remember being impressed that they went there, but thinking it was a stupid place to go. I don't even. Yeah, like I. Oh. It kept me interested in so much as like, oh, that's a really weird place to take it. Yeah. Whereas like incorporating the Watchmen characters, that's like those same people will probably think that's awesome. But I think other people will also find that interesting. Guys, I gave gave that first set of comics a 7.8. What was I I thinking? (laughs) That Tony Daniel. Yeah, I actually liked that ending at the time. Oh boy! Oh god! Hey, we all grow, we all change. That was like five years yeah. ago. It was. I, I, I believe I called it. I wasn't writing for the site, but I believe I called it Batman for Dummies in a bad way, <laughs> because that issue had every like, it had him disappearing on Commissioner Gordon. It had him, like, doing a little bit of detective work. It had him, you know, it just had like every little element of a classic Batman story, only it was dumb. I just hated, the thing that I hated more than even the face coming off was like, didn't Joker say something like that was, he didn't say orgasmic, but it was something like orgasmic. It was like fangasmic. He said something, he said something about, uh, uh, wait till I show you my boner. Right? The Joker's (laughs) boner. Like, did he say that? No, no that's like that's an old classic. I know, but yeah. I but I like really had to think about it. <laughs> oh, you like, just you said orgasm, and I thought you know, I'll bring back the joke. But yeah, moment. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's too like. Yeah. Oh no, I think I know what you're referring to, but I don't remember the exact. Yeah, I'm with I same thing. Yeah, I don't. know. They just like sexualized the like grotesqueness of it, yeah. and I was just like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> Very edgy. This is very, very edgy. Too edgy for me. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's move on to Sorry, Aquaman Brandon. Rebirth. This won't take as long. No, it won't. Um, <laughs> written by Dan Abnett. This issue was illustrated not by Brad Walker, who is going to be illustrating the ongoing adventures, but is illustrated by who we got here. Uh, I'm trying to find the credits page. Jasper Crump. No, unfortunately not. Oh my not. goodness, please. This, it, this is the crumpulent comic of the week, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's, there's... Illustrated by Scott Eaton and Oscar Jimenez. Yeah. Um, this was... Uh... This, was uh, this was a thing. Like This is just <laughs> like, this is Aquaman, and this is what Aquaman does. And it literally this... be, it literally begins with a description of what the ocean is. <laughs> so so that's not I mean I'm that's just the type of comic it is like okay this is literally from the ground floor everything that Aquaman is. This well, is not this is not a story it's just going to tell you the status quo of Aquaman and all his friends. Yeah. I mean like you to call back to what you said, this is Aquaman for dummies, pretty much, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. It yeah. talks about how strong he is. It talks about how he doesn't just talk to fish. Yeah. Uh, you get a little bit of, of Mira. You get a tiny bit of Garth. You get him in that stupid seafood restaurant that Jeff Johns was obsessed with. 
Yeah. <laughs> you get it's a little conflict between land and sea and yeah. his like buddies underwater that don't they're like mad at him. Yeah. They're butt hurt because he goes spends time on the on the surface. Um you know, it's not a bad comic, but so again, I feel like we're bringing him up all the time now. Me and uh past guest Chad Bowers spent a lot of time texting about Aquaman today. And just seeing how Aquaman is a character that you could do so much with because of his relative blank slateness. How, like he said, if he were writing Aquaman, and sorry, Chad, if you want me to talk about this, but uh, too bad? I don't know. How, like, he would make Aquaman bisexual. Because who knows what sexual politics are like in Atlantis? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, make, like, take a stand, make him like, not understand the binary sexuality of the surface world. Sure. Um, or What I said was that I remember pre-New 52, I thought a fun idea would be to basically make him, like, a bratty... Like, I said the, the Bush daughters. Like, <laughs> he's a kid who's, like... Not a kid, he's, he's, like, in his early 20s. He's cocksure. He's pretty dumb. But he's, like, beautiful and super powerful. You can He's do... like a young version of the Brave and the Bold character. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it was, yes. And, like, you could do so much with this character because, ultimately, people know he talks to fish. They know Mira, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Well, like, I... So, the, what I thought while I was reading the issue is that, you know, when Johns relaunched him in New 52, it was he a did fucking the whole... Snooze. Sorry. Well, he did the whole, like, Aquaman is cool thing, you know? He played that whole went through that whole spiel and like this is pretty much doing that again and so it's like every time we introduce aquaman to people is this like a song and dance we have to do like we have to prove that he's not lame yeah and if so like what's wrong with the character you know if that's something that you have to do every single time i I or not maybe not necessarily with the character or like but just how he is treated i can't believe they didn't skew closer to a jason momoa not not even like looking like him, you know, because that would be that would be like a bridge too far for DC, I'm sure. Even though I wouldn't give a damn if he all of a sudden looked different, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. personality wise, or like you know, like given you know, giving him like long hair, making him more look like he's more of the sea, perhaps you know, right? And like giving him a harder yeah. edge and maybe more of like a a Thor like regal. Like old. Well, I think the only reason they. Go ahead. Oh, I I think the only reason they didn't is just because this is like rebirth and it's supposed to be classic or whatever. Yeah, I guess Um, you're right. Then you're right. Plus, you know, we just. Yeah. Plus, you know, we they just came off of that really really poorly received Aquaman run, the the Cullen Bunn one, and probably um. I don't know. I feel like DC is really scrambling, like to figure out what they want to do, need to do with Aquaman. I I just think he's the character that they reset the deck with the most, and it's always the same. Well, you that know? that was my point. It was like when I was talking to Chad today, I said, "What's one thing that Jeff Johns changed about the character?" And I can tell you, there's only one thing I could think of. I can't. I don't know if I can think of anything. We established that he eats seafood. Oh, <laughs> that is like the one different thing between John's run, and he smiled less. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And it took uh-huh. six issues to tell a one issue story. Um, I just, I don't know. I would give him a hook hand again. He was cool then. 
Give him something. I think that's, I think that's what we all like. I don't think Aquaman has ever been cooler than when he had the hook hand. The yeah. brave and the bold. Right. So then here here's the thing though, like like I I mean aside from it being the boring old Aquaman that we've always had, I can't find anything wrong with this. Like there's nothing again, the DC is playing it pretty safe with these. Like mm-hmm. anyone anyone who already likes Aquaman, that they're either going to find this super, superfluous or or they're going to say, "Yeah, that's Aquaman," you know, that's- like that's a great point, and I think that could be said about pretty much every rebirth issue we've read so far. Yeah, especially this week. Like last week, yeah. I was more I was more bullish on it, and this week, like nothing is bad, but it's like, oh, so I so I guess this is all it is right now. You know, I'm sure the number one issues will be different, but mm-hmm. right now it's like, wow, we're just table setting here, which is not. Like you can't say that about Batman. You couldn't say that about, um, like Green Lanterns. I don't think was that. No, it was different. Yeah, I don't know. I think you could almost say it about Batman. It was kind of table setting. Well, it, it was it was one hundred percent table setting. It played yeah. upon table setting, but it was telling a story. Was it? I mean, I think it like not like a, introduced Duke, or didn't it didn't introduce him, but it like it set him up, but. I, I mean, I don't know. This is giving us only what we've seen before. I mean, literally, it starts with an explanation of what the ocean is, what Aquaman does, his relation to everybody, his relation to the people of Earth, and then ends again with the Black Manta revenge. Like, I feel like the yeah. entire J- Jeff Johns arc that started and ended in this exact same place. I You're yes. not wrong, and I, I'm like, I'm... I'm kind of playing like devil's advocate a little bit because like Batman is a much different case than this issue. But I'll also like say, I mean, there was that bit in Batman that was basically just about how everything yes. stays the same, you know? Right. right. You're right. But, and I don't, I like, I, I'm going to, it's going to sound like I hated DC comics this week and I didn't, but, <laughs> but now this week I, I am not as excited as I was last week. And I just want to stress, like, I feel like these are all the same, and they're just not for me, you know? Okay, I, I don't disagree with... Go ahead. I don't disagree with that concept, but I think aside from this issue, everything else had things I want to follow up on. Yeah, I agree. And I honestly, like, I probably need, like, a little bit more space. I'll be interested to see how I feel about it next week, to see how it changes it, like, from week to week, but I think I, at this point, liked this week's books overall better than last week's books. I think I'm about the same, but but we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. One last thing I want to say about this issue, and I I don't want to sound like somebody who bitches and moans about a first issue. I, I just said how I, I think people need to give books more than one issue, mm-hmm. but I will say this: the one thing about Aquaman in the DC Universe Rebirth number one was seeing Jackson Hyde back again. Oh, and, yeah. And that's like a fresh character that would have brought something different to this book. Yep. And he wasn't in the issue anywhere. And Where that feels like a huge yeah. misstep to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten a, about that. That's and... a huge point. Yeah. 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 That's so, a misstep. Right now, I'm pulping this book, but I could... A little more Jackson, a little bit less defining the ocean... 
and I could be on board. Same. Yeah. Same. I find I find everything in Aquaman's world more interesting than him. And so we need to spend more time around all of them. Mm-hmm. So until we do, yeah, I feel I'm feeling pulp here. Okay. That brings us to Detective Comics number 934. Again, reverting back to the original numbering. We get it written by James Tynan the Fourth, illustrated by Eddie Barrows. Um, this issue, I feel like, is going to maybe be the most polarizing among the DC three today. Um, I think so. I think that's fair. Why don't we start with Vince on this one? Okay, so, <laughs> um. I I just think that this, this is like have you ever made like chili or like soup and you put all sorts of ingredients that you like and you know that the, you know that they're ingredients to a good soup or chili and then the but the thing that you end up with in your bowl just doesn't taste like it's missing salt or something you know or butter or something just like it tastes bland mm-hmm. but it's got everything that you like in it you know that feeling? Sure. Like that's this for me. Like it starts out with with Azrael. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the biggest Azrael apologist that you'll ever meet for some reason. <laughs> and and it's got Batwoman who I love. It's got Steph Brown who's or like my favorite Bat family character probably. It's got Tim who's my favorite Robin. It's got uh Cass, who I is she your favorite orphan? Cass is my favorite orphan, yes. (laughs) And and Clayface, who's my favorite clay faced villain villain that there's ever been. And and yet, like, by the end of this, I'm like, where's the flavor? You know? Like Steph is the only one who shows an ounce of personality, I think. And I I just feel like this is a Okay, so you say that like the action and, and and detective don't really follow the rules of rebirth as far as like having a rebirth issue and whatever. Th- this is totally a rebirth issue, you know? It's it's literally here's each character, here's who they are, here's where they stand right now. Next week maybe we'll tell a better story or 2 weeks from now or whatever. But like I don't know, Tim doesn't have a personality cast that doesn't by design but like nobody i don't know i don't know you guys <laughs> and the art is fine but there's like goofy faces sometimes like there's a lot of teeth there's a lot of weird like teeth batwoman the first time you see batwoman she's making a dat ass face <laughs> you know like i don't know i like a lot of the perspective and stuff that the action's kind of good but like this just didn't add up to I I look at the ingredients of this book and I think this is going to be my jam and the first issue just didn't turn out that way for me. Okay, I I don't disagree with some of that. I think that James Tynan as a writer doesn't always provide the best dialogue for his characters and I think some of the dialogue in this issue was is a little bit stilted. Uh I could see 
there being a couple of odd Eddie Barrows panels, if if that's what you're going to focus on. I happen to really <laughs> like Eddie Barrows. I do too. I do um, too. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Get I, don't, I don't know if I can abide you uh, griefing the Barrows art on this issue. Um, <laughs> but I will say this: this felt more like, like you said, like a rebirth issue, even though it's not. Than almost any other one. This is completely the trailer for the movie. This is setting up what the book's all about. I think it's um, I think you know, it's an interesting play in the beginning where Asriel thinks he's fighting Batman, but it's not really Batman. Although that feels a lot like what's happening in action comics as well. <laughs> That's been done to death. It has been mm-hmm. a death. But having Asriel as the other part of it, I feel like Asriel being part of the Bat family is something I'm looking forward to. Yes, I was happy to see that. And um, I'm happy to see Batwoman as the bad cop to Bruce's good cop. Like, that was one thing. Like, when she's talking to the to the teens, mm-hmm. she seems like the bad cop. Yes. And, like, Batman's the good guy that trusts them, which is an interesting dynamic, and I'm willing to go there, but it's not there yet, you know? Right, right. Um, Sorry, I sidetracked. No, it's okay. Uh, you know, one of the big complaints I think we're going to see is these teen characters being treated like rookies when they're, you know, Tim's been bad. Tim's been Robin for like 20 years now. Um, but I understand why that needs to be happening in this book. To me, this set the stage for a very fun team book. I don't think this issue was fantastic, but I thought it was very solid. I think it looked nice. I think it told me a story that I'm interested in continuing. And I think that for all of its flaws, after reading it, I'm as excited for the series as I was before I read it. Zach. I I came into this issue with like, pretty low expectations not because i thought like it's not good or you know like i just i just wasn't expecting a lot um but i i like came away pleasantly surprised like the art i thought was probably like artistically i think this book was probably my favorite of the week um you know i i like kind of like you mentioned brian like the good cop bad cop thing with bat Batman and Batwoman. That, that's Vince. I have to give Vince credit on oh, that. Oh, that was Vince. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I like really enjoyed that. And, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the character issues are just the fact that they had to introduce all the team members in 20 pages, you know? Like, no one really got a chance to shine. Although, I will say, I, like, in, the, like, the short amount of time they had to like introduce Clayface onto the team. Like I, I believed it more than I expected to because I, you know, I came in and I was like, how, why is Clayface on this team? That's so weird and random that, you know, I don't, I don't get why Batman, why he's like just the one villain that Batman grabbed. I don't either. I mean, I, I guess like in story, it's because he was being watched by the little drone things. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the reason. It does. Comics baby. Yeah, I know exactly. It does kind of almost seem, I mean, I, Really, the reason is, I guess, you know, tying in thinks he's a cool character and has, uh, you know, that's the reason. That's fine. Uh, I'm just. Yeah. I, I I mean, like, I. I have no problem with that part of it, by the way. Yeah. 
some of my favorite Riddler stories ever are when the Riddler's kind of a hero. Oh yeah, uh, I love that stuff too. And like, if this is that, sirens, yeah. yeah, yeah, that stuff is so good. I agree. Like the Denny stuff, yeah, Denny stuff. Um, and if this is like tying in, you know, gonna elevate Clayface, like, <laughs> good on him. Like that's really cool. Um, and it is cool to see like Batwoman getting a, a high profile again mm-hmm. because I think she like really kind of got the shaft in the New Fifty Two. Even though I mean, she had her own book, but. It you know she I it still doesn't feel like she really got anything especially after you know how high profile the Rucka run was yeah and kind of she was like a hot character for a while I feel like and then she kind of just like went into comic limbo those um, that first arc that J H Williams and W Hayden Black Blackman did together was quite good yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah I agree um, that, that that was just a creatively screwed book from or an editorially screwed book for a variety of reasons yeah yeah public relations and creator relations so Mm -hmm. but i mean i don't know i this book this issue sold me on the book way more than i expected to so maybe that's the maybe that's the difference between all of us is like where we came at it from like um and so my estimation of it is higher much higher than when i came into it yeah i still I, don't i still don't know if i would like follow it and we'll get into that with the pull pirate pulp but i enjoyed it well let, let's if, unless you want to say anything specific about the events of the book let's do the pull pirate pulp pull, pull, <laughs> play okay then. yeah i would i would pirate it at this point pirate yeah I'm going to pull this book. Yeah. It sounds like I hated it, but again, I didn't. It's just not, it's just, oh man. Everything was just a table setter this week. And I just can't get away from that. I guess to me, this is a book that I will trust to to figure itself out in a couple issues, yeah. There, like Aquaman, I don't think the difference between, for me between this and Aquaman is there were a lot of interesting things here I, that I want to see them build upon. Whereas I felt like an Aquaman, there was nothing interesting to build upon. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, those little threads will bring me back for at least a few more. A thing I loved that I forgot I wanted to mention is that font, that Gotham font. You know what I mean? And the, like, I, I don't even know what you would call it exactly. But, like, if you open it up, like. Gotham City two days ago? Yeah, that. that like, oh. Appears, I love that. That's just, like, that's yeah. my detective. Like, that sets the mood for detective comics for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. I didn't even notice that. That's, like, some Batman the Animated Series shit. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, I saw that. And I think that, you know, that primed me right there. Like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. This this is where we're going. Um, so if they, I mean, if he can capture that that tone, um, and make it kind of like the good detective runs of the past, like I always think about that like that Dini run that ran parallel to Morrison, uh-huh. um, and you know the Black Mirror. I think Detective is just such a cool book because you know it is 
for, for whatever reason, you know, better or worse, it is the, you know, the sister title. Um, Even though the goddamn company's named after it? Exactly. I know, right? But, I mean, that when it's playing up, like, the detective aspect of Batman, which is, you know, Batman, it's proper, is way more, you know, the superhero aspect of Batman. Um, when Tech is, like, really doing its thing, it's the better book of the two. Yeah. To me, action and detective should be the best. I the agree. Books DC's putting out. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we have um, the Flash Rebirth number one, written by Josh Williamson, illustrated by Carmine D. Gian Domenico. Did I get that right? Good job. Mm-hmm. Domenico, I guess so. Um, DJ, whatever, whatever. No, I tried. Got it. You got it man. Thank you. Okay. Um, so this, I think, is going to be as equally polarizing as the Detective <laughs> Comics was. Um, Zach, I'm going to let you start with this one. Okay. Um, so this book to me was the Flash TV show rolled up with DC universe rebirth number one and because of that it should have i feel like it should have been very like bland to me like i but something about it there's some kind of like synergy going on where it it was greater than the sum of its parts and i i really like this issue this is probably my favorite issue of the week um just something about the feelings i got when i read it it just like it, it felt like, yeah, this is, this is flash. Like, this is what I want to be reading. This is, you know, there's something here that none of the F- new 52 flash runs got, you know, got right. And, um, yeah, I really like this issue a lot. It wasn't perfect by any means. Like there was some really weird transition stuff, especially like in and out of the, de- the rebirth connection. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that was kind of cumbersome, I'll admit. Uh, and also, like, there were several times, like, it so much mirrors the TV show that there were times when I had to, like, sit and detach myself from, the like, this isn't the TV show. <laughs> you know, like... But, I mean, I love the TV show, and the TV show gets a lot of stuff right. And so I know that was, like, one of the things that, like, Bleeding Cool was reporting on when in, like, the early rumbles of Rebirth is that everything was, like, going to match up with the media. And when I heard that, I was, like, this was the one case where I was like, yeah, that's probably a good thing. Like, if this book can capture, like, what makes the Flash TV show good, then it'll be off to a good start. Right. Yeah, okay. I, um... I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I really enjoyed this issue because I felt it did two very important things. It gave the Flash a visual look that was different than the rest of the DCU. And I feel like a speedster comic should look different. I'm a firm believer in that. Like, this is a book that looks like it's traveling at high speeds. Um, and I think that's incredibly important. I also think it took 
both the strongest and the weakest points of DC Universe Rebirth and contextualize them a little bit outside of that event book. Like, I think seeing Wally and Barry back together, in some ways, this is more important of a place to see it than it, than it was in that issue. This allows us to to get into more of their psyche, especially Barry's. You know, we, we, Wally narrates that whole issue. So we know a lot about how Wally feels about this. It's nice to see how Barry feels about it a little bit. I like the idea of Wally quote, bringing him back. I think that's a really good character moment for those two characters. I think it says a lot about who they are as well. Um, and I think that Barry going to Bruce about the Watchmen thing, about the, the sort of the, Somebody's been messing with this and bringing in the Watchmen and the, the, the smiley face pin and all that. To me, the idea of Bruce and Barry being scientists and detectives together, I'll read that all day. Mm-hmm. I yeah, really that's, like that. that's peanut butter and jelly every time. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what's good about, like, if anything's good about Flashpoint, it was that Batman and, and the Flash were teamed up. Yeah. You know, and, like that was the fun thing I remember about that. And this actually got me thinking that if I were DC, I would keep Detective Comics a team book after this initial arc, but it would be re- led by Barry and Bruce. Would it be sacrilege to do a Brave and the Bold book with Barry and Bruce? I don't know. I was thinking of making Detective Comics all the cops in the DC universe. So you'd have John Jones, you'd have Renee Montoya, Stop it. and you'd Stop. have Maggie Sawyer, right and, and Maggie Sawyer, with with Bruce and uh, with Bruce and and uh, Zach Jurgens, right <laughs> yeah, Bruce and Barry. Here. Get out of here! But how great would that book be? Oh, It'd be great, be fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, I'd even you know, I'd even maybe put Jim Gordon in there too. Oh yeah, the ripped J.K. Simmons Tell Jim Gordon. Such, that, oh my gosh, I've never like felt so. Like inadequate in my life is when I saw that picture. There's a uh, there's a little known Hulk Hogan movie called Santa with Muscles, and I feel like that is what uh, J.K. Simmons has become, Santa with Muscles. Um. So Vince, what about this issue didn't work for you? No, wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 hold the phone here because there's something there's something you don't know. What's that? So I read every issue this week twice. Okay. I read them this morning, and then I read them after work. Okay. I appreciated... This is the one issue that I appreciated a lot more the second time I read it. Interesting. Okay. All the other other ones I either found to be worse or about the same as the first time I read them. This one increased in favor, like, fivefold. Really? I still have a couple problems here and there. Zach brought up the kind of transition from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was probably intentional, but it kind of came off as it like as an afterthought. Like all of a sudden at the end of the issue, they're like, "Where's Barry with the evidence?" And like Barry completely dropped that plot line. Right. <laughs> the second half of the comic, you know, which yeah, that that was probably that was obviously intentional because they called attention to that. But it kind of made for a, like, well, I guess Barry's a shitty detective, or what, <laughs> you know. But it, like, I guess he doesn't really care about that murdered woman. It just was a little weird. Um, the art, like, 
I I know what you're saying, Brian, about the speed and everything. Mm-hmm. Still, like this particular style is not always my bag. Okay. Like it's not not that it's bad. It's just stylistically not my thing. It reminded me a little bit of Travel Foreman's art on Animal Man. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. And it, it looks a lot like Giuseppe Camincoli. Yes. It um, is very much that. Yeah, you're right. Which which both of these artists cuz I've I, I've read uh <laughs> I told you your pronunciation was correct, but I yeah. can't uh Dijon Domenico's. Uh, pretty close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen his art before on Marvel Comics. And again, there's highs and lows. Like, there's sequences I really like. Um, I thought he did a good job of uh, the the recreating the Barry and Wally scene. You know? Did a good-ass job. Did a good-ass job, <laughs> good job. yep. I think there are, other, there are other scenes that, like, were just a little bit off or just not my style you know would um, you say they're not your bag baby <laughs> oh god <laughs> right, let's go back to simpsons references we've, we've gone low if we're going uh austin powers shagadelic dude this book's shagadelic yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh brian yeah zip it okay it's <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, wow <laughs> um but, but something something fat bastard okay keep going <laughs> I love gold. We've <laughs> lost it. It's gone. Close it down. Close it down. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but I, I like... So I like the the small things about this issue. Like, I like how the crime mirrors the crime that Barry's parents were involved in. Mm-hmm. I like the glimpse of Godspeed that you get uh-huh. uh, where he's imagine Barry's imagining things um, or the speed force is calling out to him or whatever. I like, uh, I like the sign that says Infantino, the restaurant that they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. I love those nods to like this, this did fundamentally feel like a flash comic. Yeah. First time I, the first time I read it, I f- thought that it was disjointed. The second time, I only got that on like the most minor of levels, you know. Um, so I ended up I ended up enjoying this one quite a bit, actually, and um, I, I think it's got. I mean, it still it is very much again a table setting book. Yes. But in in this for me was more the we planted a lot of seeds in this issue that you're going to want to follow. Then you said that about detective. Mm-hmm. I w- I would disagree a little bit on that comic and i would i would apply that to this though for sure okay i mean to i you know we don't ever disagree so i think <laughs> once in a while i agree with that yeah i think that the seeds that are planted here are way more compelling than the ones in detective i think they're very different i mean to me here here is what i took away from reading this remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about how we felt that dc needed to find a new jeff johns uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like they're setting up Josh Williamson to be that guy. More so than Abnet, even. Yes, because I think Abnet is doing. Abnet is connecting the dots that have already been laid out for them. I feel like this is giving Williamson all the big tools to play with right now. Like the Flash is undoubtedly 
their hottest live action property. Yeah. It is. And they're giving him the keys to have both Wallies, okay. have Barry, and have Bruce in the book? Yeah. Okay, so this reminds me of something I wanted to ask you guys. Someone said something, like, related this to DC Universe Rebirth number two or, or something. Right, yeah, I've seen Rich. that. Who did that? Uncle Rich. Uncle Rich. Oh, Rich, that's right, okay. And then you kind of refuted that, Vince. But, I mean, like, maybe not number two, but, like, it's definitely, like, 1.5. 1.5, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, people... The thing is, is Rich said that, and then people on social media were making it sound like this was, like, literally the follow-up to... I mean, people are confused, you know? New people are coming into comics, and they don't really know how comics work entirely, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I saw a bunch of people that were like, oh my god, this is the next part of that story? And I was like, kind of, but like really what it means is that it's it's just showing it from it's showing the same events from a slightly different point of view you don't really get any new information other than that now you know that barry and bruce both know that they're investigating the same thing and and that's that's really it i mean like i don't want people to i didn't want people to rush out not that i was like mm-hmm. not that i have a million followers and anyone cares what i say but like <laughs> i didn't want them to think that like Yes, this is part two of the two-year arc that, you know, mm-hmm. like that's well, not how like, this is going to work. Right, but I mean, I I did definitely get that because, like, you know, we, so, you know, Rebirth happened, and then this has the, like, quote-unquote follow-up to that when we see, like, Barry go talk to Bruce, you know, and they have their little chat, and I get, you know, got a little clarification about where that where the watchman button came from which i think we were you know all kind of confused that about was that. one interesting thing yes um well i don't i guess i still don't really get oh i don't get it at all it well, okay, so so here's yeah, here's what here's what i'm thinking right so if if wally existed or if wally had the ability to tap into the outskirts of time mm-hmm. then I guess he could have brought something with him from the outskirts of time. And to me, this is setting up Dr. Manhattan to be somebody who lives very much outside of the timeline we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if it, I don't know if it completely explains it, but I think it's better than just, it's been buried in the back cave for a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I yeah, I guess. That seems like such a minor detail to me that I guess I didn't really care that the, I mean Yeah. Well it is, I'm not, but I'm like not... that was yeah, that was like one of the things in the in the rebirth issue though that I was like, Why why is it down there? You know, like right. yeah. why did he just find it? Right, right. Yes, um, I, I it's a very small question. thing. It's a very small thing and it's something that I feel like should have been clearer in the rebirth issue. Uh-huh. Um so this was like, you know, a case of them filling in a hole that I shouldn't have been there, but I was still, you know, kind of thankful it was there. Yeah. Sure. So I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, like I liked this issue. I don't want to discourage anyone from picking it up and reading it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want like, like people are confused and I'm a big believer in like, like 
educating people on how it really is, you know? Like I You're I turning your chair around to rap with the kids. Yes, I am. <laughs> yep, and my backwards hat. Yep. And uh, and always wear a condom. Too. <laughs> I don't know. I want them to all to figure it out the hard way, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> you guys, that's the best way to learn. Kids running around there. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Gosh. <laughs> oh god. Uh, I'm pulling this book. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I'm hard. pulling. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm pulling so hard. <laughs> This this is one of the most exciting. Uh, actually, everything that any Flash is doing in Rebirth, whether it's Young Wally and Teen Titans, like any of that stuff, feels like the most oh uh, interesting stuff to me. Yeah, and I uh, wish there was more than one Flash book. Yeah, well, I mean, like I guess depending on how you look at it, I wonder, you know, like how much of an like I feel like Wally is going to be the star, you know, the de facto star of Titans. Yeah, just with how much attention he's getting. Yeah, uh, you know, he. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't have his own book. Honestly, calling and it I right like now. Calling it right now. We're gonna see a Wally book in six to twelve months. I bet. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's going to be, uh, a uh, basically a Flash family book. That'd be great. That would be awesome. I, I think that the next logical domino to fall is Bart Allen. And I think it's going to be like a search for Bart Allen. And and when Bart Allen leaves the room, Legion. Legion. his, light, his Legion. lightning left Dr. Manhattan's dick on oh, Batman, in Batman's computer screen. Stop it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That brings us to Wonder Woman Rebirth, written by the great Greg Rucka. We get a little bit of Liam Sharp art, but we don't get a full taste of his art until next week's, or I guess two weeks from now's, um, Wonder Woman number one. Um, who did the main art for this issue? Matthew Clark. Matthew Clark. Matthew Clark. And he, so, he was really good. I yes. Think. Yes, absolutely. Um, this issue was both very good <laughs> and a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Overall, when you take it as a whole, to me, the issue was supposed to both remind you why Wonder Woman is great and also tell you, forget everything you knew about Wonder Woman. And I hate when books say that. (sighs) Like, to me, the big Captain America controversy recently was just to get people to say, forget everything you knew about Steve Rogers. He's a Nazi. Like, you know, just, <laughs> I feel like that's just a lazy storytelling approach. Yeah. But I trust Rucka. Yep. And I think that the questions raised are interesting ones. And I think that seeing those five pages of Liam Sharp art makes me very excited for that part. I was way more excited for the Nicholas Scott pages. But seeing the Liam Sharp stuff, I'm I would say equally excited about the two of them, and um, we need more good Wonder Woman comics. We do, we do. Um, here's the problem. This was my favorite issue of the week. Uh huh. Um, it's neck and neck with Flash. Now that I've had a chance to reread that, um, but I still found it a little frustrating because it's almost. And I could be wrong. This could prove to be wrong. But the 
ostensibly rebirth is about how essentially everything counts right right that's kind of something that dc's been revisiting with convergence and this now all this matters yes everything matters uh, it might not make sense timeline wise we may or may not fix that down the road but essentially everything you know about the character is included in some fashion you know um we might not talk about the bad stuff but it it exists that we saw that in green arrow you know mm-hmm. um and now this is almost i f- and and greg rucka is probably the best hands to put this in but i feel like this is almost like all right it all counts except for wonder woman now we're going to tell you all the stuff that by canon is a lie you know? can, can I counter that? You're going to counter with mythology or something. Right? No, I'm not. No, no, no. Okay. I'm countering with the fact that when they say everything counts, they're not saying that everything has equal weight. Yeah. But that it all has a place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all this stuff mattered to Diana and made Diana who she is today. Just like, you know, if you were raised, Vince, with the idea that your father was killed in Vietnam, you would grow up with a certain worldview that if you found out in your 20s, oh, no, he just ran out on your mother. That doesn't meet that doesn't make your childhood of thinking your father was killed any different. Yeah, I feel like that's what this is trying to do. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. Um I just I You're also think, not old enough to have your father to have been impregnated by somebody who was a Vietnam veteran, but I mean during Vietnam, but I you know what was uh <laughs> what was um the Ar- Armin Tamzarian? Yes, exactly. Simpsons nice reference. Simpsons pull there, oh my yeah. Gosh. Um no, so anyway, um yeah, I I understand what you're saying, Brian. The thing that just na- it's not that I think that they're throwing everything out. It's just that the thing that nags on me is that you have this really critically acclaimed Ezreal and Chang run that I that I liked a lot, and we've talked about this. And yes, there are aspects of it that maybe didn't feel like Diana entirely, you know? But at the same time, like I just have this nagging feeling that they're trying to throw that out, even though that's a very good run of comics. That's Why do you s- think they're throwing that out? Just with her crushing the Ares helmet and like, I I don't like, it just seems like they're casting that aside a little bit. Don't you see that Ares helmet becoming her new headband? Is that what that was? To me, it was, you see her throw away her silver one and begin to crush this, this gold thing. And we don't. Frankly, I didn't know where all that came from. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. That may be the case, though. See, because if you look at the front, she has a gold headband on. Yeah, and it I just seems she like pulled those out of magic. Yeah, I mean, I know her costume changed. Yeah, I just, I guess, I just didn't know. Like in the two panels later, she transfers to Olympus. Yeah, no, she's wearing the gold headband while she's looking at this melted, crappy helmet. 
Yeah, I guess I guess that's oh, bullshit yeah. on my part. And, and then the helmet melts when she trans when she goes to the Olympus. Yeah. It's like I mean to me it's like we're shitting on this. You know, I I don't even want to I like this issue. I don't even want to say like they're well, shitting it, on anything, but like can it just be as simple as her wanting to be a different type of god of war? Yeah, but I'm talking about the meta the meta story going on here. You know, the meta what it means for the Wonder Woman chronology. See, I just I don't see DC shitting on that run at all because that run is the only Wonder Woman run they've had in a decade that anyone's really given a shit about. Yeah, I know, I know. That's just why that's just why it's like weird to like I don't know. I could be I could my temperature could be wrong on this one. I just I don't know. I like the issue a lot. I I mean, let's go back to the positives. Greg Rucka, his writing, his script, like just the elegance of the prose and the, the narration is like already one of the best things DC has in their corner again. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you agree? Yeah. Like already he's writing this with like more thoughtfulness and nuance than... 95% of comics I think I I didn't really like this issue very much Oh, here's the surprise story yeah I like and I, I do think I need to read it again I definitely need to give it a second read um, but yeah just something I don't know Maybe I'm just comparing it too much to the previous run. Um, and again, like I, this may just be like rebirth issue syndrome, but that was something that from the beginning just, you know, really stood on its own, really did like some new and daring things. And to me, this was just kind of like retread city, you know? Huh. Yeah, I mean it 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 does retread a lot because it's trying to I feel like it's trying to show you all I mean it's about all what oh, Wonder Woman means to everyone and yeah. which which stories are canon to certain people and right. it, it was weird and interesting in both a startling and a a positive way I think to see her pretty much be alone in this issue dealing with all that, you know, like this is very much her psychology, which at at once I can understand. Like, again, the first time I read it, I mean, I I liked it a lot more than I, than, than flash at first. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first time I read it, I was like, wow, that is a weird and sort of off putting choice to like, Mm -hmm. just have her, narrating her own problems with her canon you know well and also like you know we kind of one of the things that we had talked about previously was like a fear that when we had read some of the you know early statements on it that it was just kind of kind of like throw the azarello chang run under the bus and when i started reading it you know i had i had kind of um like advocated against that i didn't think that was where it was gonna go and then i started reading and i was like oh crap this is kind of where it's going and so i mean i i don't know i obviously like 
it, it was like a technically like very strong issue. Um, but I just didn't, I wasn't super impressed by it. I mean, you have the right to be wrong. Uh, I know. No, I'm kidding. I know. Just kidding. No, no. I, I, what I think is interesting about all of these books that we've disagreed on slightly is I think that this is the most hopeful the three of us have been in quite some time. Like, the reasons we're disappointed are because we had such high hopes going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to stress that, like, the the New 52, I mean, it had plenty of gems, but there were some real low lows. Oh, yeah. In the, Even in from the Jump early, Street, there were. That, well, I'm saying in the early stages, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... And that's not the case so far. Like the yeah. lowest, the lowest low here is like a five that I would give. Like if five out of ten is like average, like that should be average in my mind. Aquaman is like a five. It's 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 perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. It does nothing special, and that's the worst you're getting out of all these books. No, no one's making any horrible choices with these characters, you know. No one's, no one's making some change that's just completely wrong-headed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Because I would even say, you know, I think when we did our Wonder Woman um, like retrospective, we all kind of like discussed the point that you know that Wonder Woman run was like very good, but also maybe not super true to the character, right? And this is way more true to the character. You know, this is like getting to the root of the character. And in that, you know, sense, yeah. I, you know, I have to commend it. I mean, this is a Wonder Woman comic, and that was like an HBO drama that happened to have Wonder Woman in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting that, I mean, this issue pretty much was like just those two aspects wrestling with each other which is pretty much what rebirth is about yeah i wonder if new readers would get that with this though i don't think they would um because like like, yeah oh go ahead like wonder woman is going to be huge to for new readers you know like like think about how big she was in bbs you know and now, like, people are going to be wandering into the store for the first time, and someone's going to tell them to pick up Wonder Woman Rebirth, and they're going to be, they're going to say, I don't know what this helmet is, I don't get why she's throwing away her old costume, like, what is she talking about, lies about her past, you know, like, like, in some ways, this is the least new reader-friendly book, maybe out of any of these. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I don't disagree. I can I can agree with that. I also wonder if sometimes we try and coddle new readers too much. Oh, that's also true. I I think. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, the... I just think about when I got into comics. Like it, it was, you know, it was some of the like densest period of like. Is when Johns was like pulling stuff from every which way, and you know, <laughs> I kind of just like I can't tell you how much time I just spent on wikipedia like researching old stuff and i you know i think that's good 
Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, every every reader is going to approach a story differently. Yeah, I right? feel very torn on that idea. Yeah, I do too. That that's fun. It takes a certain personality. Like I can see how reading a comic and then going to the internet to figure it all out and put all the pieces together is fun. The very first DC comic I ever read was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had zero zero idea of what was going on. I knew who like all the characters were from Super Friends, you know, but I was like, what, huh? You know, and then part of the fun was dissecting it over the Internet and like reading annotations. Mm -hmm. That's like a low percentage thing. Like how many people really like doing that, you know? But I also I don't think this is crisis. No, 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 no. This is this is Wonder Woman's personal crisis and i think that honestly the idea of all of it being lies or there being a lot of lies in her past in some ways is the most reader friendly thing you can do because what you're saying to them is yes there were all these years of stories and yes they're all important but they're not as important as what's about to happen but are people going to get that because like like Batman comes out and they're like, I didn't read all the Snyder stuff. I do I have to do that? I don't get this. Like I feel like that and and I feel like King's Batman is a clean break. Whereas this is not exactly. I don't know. I that's not for me to worry about, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that whole I can't tell you like that idea that you have to have read what comes before. Oh, man. It, I mean, it's so true in almost everything else other than comics. Like, I had a friend who, who came and visited a few weekends ago, and we were, like, at a bookstore looking at books, and he's like, so what's a good, like, comic I can read from the start and just get, like, a big, complete story? And I'm like, what? That's not a, that's not a thing. <laughs> And I mean, like, obviously, there is. You can do, you know, like, there are self-contained runs, but and, and if you're if you're talking non-superhero, there's a lot more. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but well, that's another thing. Like, not that people can't come in on non-superhero stuff, but I would say that ninety percent of comic book readers come in on Cape Comics mm-hmm. or The Walking oh, yeah. Dead. Well, that's true. You know, there's Walking Dead now. Prior to Walking Dead, um, there was that. And well, even yeah, I mean, Walking Dead's almost getting to the point where it's like, man, you're telling me I have to go back and read <laughs> what? That's true. Um, Docking wet, am I right? Oh gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. That's just the thing about comics that I've. I mean, it like kept me out for a while. For a long time, you know? Oh, are you guys there? I'm here, yeah. Oh, okay. It just got, like, really quiet. Oh, really sorry. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, like, that kept me out of comics for a really long time. It's just this kind of, like... And it wasn't until... it was, You know, it's really silly now, like, looking back on it, but, like, the thing that, like, finally got me to read a comic book was, like, seeing the trailer for Watchmen and thinking, like, oh, here's a self-contained story that I can read. Um, And then it went from there. But, yeah, like... That's something that comics like has to like or Marvel and DC, I think, like in order to 
be like to capture more readers that's like something that they need to communicate a little bit better mm-hmm. i don't disagree with that in some ways this brings us full circle to the idea of like triangle numbers uh-huh. where i feel like there are small things that dc and marvel could do that would make it very very easy for a new fan to jump in a little bit with a little bit less of a hassle let's put it mm-hmm. that way um but i think it's probably asking a lot for the companies to do that all the time that i feel like now and then there needs to be an entry point in but you have to at a certain point you have to just allow comics to be comics yeah does that make sense no yeah i agree um so we we lost vince on the line he'll be back in a second um let me ask you this. Did you enjoy those last five pages as much as oh, I did? Oh, gosh, they were beautiful. It was awesome. It really felt different, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And I I saw that, and my like first thought was like, we're going to get 20 pages of this every month. Yeah. And I was like, how can that – how does that even happen? Um, yeah, visually – I have to say, like, visually, Rebirth is – really good like they're doing a great job yeah there hasn't been a single issue to me that's felt bad Mm -hmm. it's just i feel like there's been boring and then there's been good well i you know like one of my biggest complaints personally about like the beginning of new 52 is just you know that was kind of the whole start of like the dc house style complaint Uh which i think was justified but i don't see that here yeah, I agree with that. Um, I feel like there's a lot of... I mean, there are some books like that have kind of a more uniform style to them, but there's just a lot of like really unique visual flair going on, I think, among these books. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I would say that there are more unique looking book like we mentioned before travel foreman on animal man mm-hmm. i feel like that really stood out as looking different than the house style and i feel like if you take the liam sharp pages and what we've seen from the flash so far and what we've <laughs> seen from green arrow so far yeah and, and even guys, like tom king i mean janin yeah know, yeah like, There's a whole school of guys like Janet and Zercher and Barrows who are well-established but don't necessarily look all that similar. You know, to me, like, you know, the art on Aquaman, which is not Brad Walker who's doing the main series, that was maybe the least interesting of all the books so far. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing bad about that art. It was just not all that unique. Yeah. I mean, my opinion on the whole house house style thing is that, like, it's appropriate to say that when all of a sudden your publisher is running into, like, constant backup artists and things like fill-ins, you know? Yeah. Like, that's when you really start to see it. Which I'm hoping this, like, you know, you'd think you would see it even more with the double shipping thing, but I think the fact that they are, like, coming in and saying, like, 
okay, each creative team has at least two artists that are going to rotate. Maybe that'll alleviate a lot of that. Yeah. I don't know. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. I'd say that's yeah. the thing I'm most skeptical about, honestly. I mean, the fa- you can say that the rebirth issues are, are a different case, but the fact that you're already seeing not the artists on rebirth issues. I guess that's true. I mean, I, I hope that means they're they're banking up future regular issues, you right. know? But, like, again, talk about not necessarily putting your best foot forward in between DC Universe Rebirth and the actual number ones, you know? It's an odd choice to me. I'm trying to think who, who even is. Well, is... I'm trying to. I was trying to remember who the like second Aquaman artist was. Was it was it Jimenez? In the in Rebirth or or announced for the series? Just for like the series, yeah. Because usually like each series has you know at least two artists that have been pegged, and I couldn't remember who the other one was. Besides I looked Walter. it up before. Uh, Felipe it, Felipe oh. Briones is oh, okay. doing issues. I think two, three, and four. Okay, but okay. that doesn't mean anything, right? That's right, true, right. I guess. I've I've liked his stuff though, as as far as you know, he's done fill-ins and stuff. Yeah, he's crumpulent. He is crumpulent. Perfectly. <laughs> if you guys aren't following Casper Crump on Instagram, former oh, guest of the show, gosh. you guys got to be doing it. Show former, just beautiful man. Savage. Yes. Um, did you guys do Pulp Pirate? For... We did not. We were waiting for you. No. Oh, okay. I'm pulling oh. this. <laughs> I'll be bad and say pirate. I I understand. I mean, you can't you can't stray from your argument, Zach. Yeah. I I will say though that I know I I was I was down on some of these other issues. Wonder Woman is the one where you're guaranteed. Like they've really done a great job of selling you what that book is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because you you're guaranteed two like interlocking arcs with different artists that's all planned out. Yeah, like you know what you're getting over the next year. Right, and well, like I have to like I'm just going purely off the rebirth issue. I'm so excited about the the like rotating story. Yeah, you know, like that. That's what's kind of like hard for me to say about this like just going off this issue i would say pirate but knowing what's going to come next i would say pull so okay all right i think we've done a pretty good job here discussing these books for this week um let's see what's coming up next week oh first i did want to say one thing um and i think this goes without saying for the three of us but Maybe the best thing in all the comics this week was the double page tribute to Darwin Cook. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, have we talked about Darwin Cook's passing? I don't think we have. Have we? I don't know if we I don't have. Think so it's a goddamn shame. Fuck cancer. Rest in peace, Darwin Cook. You're one of the greats. Yeah. Um. Well said. Yeah. Sorry. I I felt like that was an important thing to uh put out there. Yeah. Um. What are we getting next week? Do we know? Um, I, I believe Titans, right? Uh-huh. 
Uh, let me pull it up here. Riveting radio. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Man, those Liam Sharp pages are good. Did, Sorry. Did Justice League 51 come out today? Mm, I didn't see it. I no, it did either. not. It did not come out today. Next okay. week. Next week. Okay, Justice League 51. There's a preview up, and it said it was released today. Oh. But I haven't seen it. I, so comic, I'm really confused. Comiclist.com, comic uh, everyone's favorite non-secular comic book uh, release website, mm-hmm. um, says the 15th. Yeah, yeah so it, does DC's site. So that must it, and it didn't come in my okay. DC shipment this week, so it's okay. not... There you yeah, go. Yeah, it was it was solicited on the eighth. They must have pushed it back. Yeah, that um, guy. Okay, I was wondering. We should. I wonder. Should we talk about that one maybe next week since it's a lighter week? Yeah, we'll be reading it. I'm sure all of us will. So what so else we've is got? Coming? We've got Batman number one. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, we've got. Green we should Arrow have, we should have Batman, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, and Superman number one, right? Oh, are Superman. we doing? Are we going to talk the number ones too? I wasn't yeah, sure I, we were doing that. Well, I think, I think we kind of have to, like... Okay. I mean, if you're up for it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just wasn't yeah. sure if we were, like, just focusing on, like, rebirth issues or... Because then we'd only have Titans and, like, yeah. maybe, if you want to say Justice League 51, which isn't yeah. real. But, um, no, let's win. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just ride this as, as long as we feel good. Yeah, by like August, we're reading like you know thirty books a day to get ready to podcast. Yep, yep. Okay, and 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 then we've got also Scooby Apocalypse number two. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Maybe by this time next week, the three of us will have each read Wacky Raceland. I I've read it. It's just it's just horrible. It's just <laughs> the worst. Just delightful. I'm sorry, DC. I appreciate that you comp us on Comixology to review these. Uh, Wacky Raceland is just the worst. <laughs> well, for more hot takes like that one, you can follow the three of us on Twitter. I am at Brian is a nap. Zach, where are you? I am Sir Fox 89. And Vince, bring us home. Where are you, buddy? I am uh, D A S H A R E. You're not the share zone as much as you want to be. You're not. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm V J underscore O S T R O W S K I. Also follow the share zone. <laughs> right? Come on. The motherfucking share zone. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Twenty-eight. I get my job. I never got over that. Sweet, sweet.